0: Well, hello. Welcome to Jewel Says. I have big news this week. Oh, first, I have to give you the disclaimer. All my opinions are mine. They're not the opinions of ACAST or any other podcasting platform you're listening to this to or any of its employees. Blah. It's finally here. My offensive Christmas album is now available to stream. Jewel sings, I'll be drunk for Christmas. Now, before I go any further, I need to give you the disclaimer. If you love Christmas, and if you love Christmas music, this album is not for you. You will probably be offended by this album, so do not listen to it. It is explicit. I set out to write funny lyrics to traditional Christmas songs because I'm not a big fan of Christmas music myself, and I kind of think... Well, I also think Christmas music can be grating to people who find the holiday season challenging for many reasons. Maybe they're alone. Maybe they're just sad. Maybe they've lost someone. Maybe they're dealing with violence or addiction issues. And statistically, a lot of those things get worse over the holiday season. That's a reality of life. And maybe it feels worse when the music is surrounding you, starting immediately after Halloween, with all this joy and cheer and everything that you're just not necessarily feeling. So that's, that's why the album. That's my why. And even though some of my lyrics turned out to be a little more dark than funny, I hope some of my songs resonate with people. Maybe some of them will resonate with you. But I must say, the whole thing was quite a process for me. After all, I'm not a professional musician, so this was a very new, challenging undertaking. And of course, I had to have a few setbacks and pitfalls. Why do I keep doing this to myself? I was just talking to a friend the other day, and she was saying she used to like painting, and she used to like doing other things, and then she just stopped. And sometimes I feel like, yeah, I should probably just stop. There are a lot of books I haven't read, movies I haven't seen. Maybe I should just stop trying to do all these things that are really, really difficult for me. But uh, I'm not there yet. So yeah, I don't know. Why, so I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. But I do want to start with the biggest, biggest thank you to Hannah Woolmer and Liam Paradine, a.k.a. The Boy, without them, I probably never would have actually done it. This whole thing started because not long after I started the Jewel Says podcast, I talked about how I make up alternate lyrics to music, and I do this all the time. This isn't a Christmas music thing. The lyrics just come into my head. And sometimes it isn't even because I don't know the real lyrics. It just happens. And most of the time, I don't write them down, and I forget them. But a few years ago, I actually wrote down some of my lyrics for I'll Be Drunk for Christmas, which was funny to me. And I said I should release a Christmas album. And I say I should do a lot of things that I've never gotten around to doing, but Hannah Wilmer contacted me, because I said this on the podcast, and she offered As a Christmas gift, Liam's and her services to produce my Christmas album at no cost. This was a gift. I was a bit overwhelmed. That's a pretty big deal. I responded something to the effect of how I wouldn't feel comfortable accepting something like that at no cost. And I realized that creative people have a hard enough time earning a living in the arts, usually, after all, streaming platforms pay a pittance. People frequently ask them to perform or do work for free for the exposure, which I think is really disrespectful. Exposure doesn't pay the rent. Exposure doesn't put food on the table. But it's for charity, sometimes they say, to justify the request. But tell me this. Are you paying for the venue, the caterers, the waitstaff, the bar, the decor, the advertising? Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Even if you get a free graphic designer to do your artwork for the, for the exposure, you probably paid the printers or the digital advertising platforms. I don't understand why people expect artists to work for free. So I declined. I don't want something for nothing, but Hannah insisted. So I thought about it long and hard. I guess this is happening then. I guess it was meant to be. I got a YouTube karaoke track for I'll Be Drunk for Christmas and recorded my vocals. It wasn't the best key for me, and my home recording is somewhat problematic. But I sent it to Hannah, and she and Liam mixed it for me. Then I realized that you're not allowed to use other people's recordings, even if they're available as a karaoke track. Okay, I guess I need musicians. They're just Christmas songs, I figured. A pianist should be all I need. And Christmas songs are pretty familiar to most of us, so shouldn't be a big challenge to learn. This isn't Rachmaninov. Did I say that right? I don't know. I started asking the pianists I know whether they would be willing to do it, how much they would charge. I didn't expect it for free. I asked piano teachers if they had any mature students, you know, at least teenage. I wouldn't want some little kid to be associated with my nasty lyrics I thought maybe a student might want a freelance job. And they had to be okay with my explicit lyrics. Nothing. I came up with nothing. Then I happened to meet a young woman who said she would do it. It felt like, uh, it it just felt like this fell into my lap. I was thrilled. What was my budget, she asked. I don't know what my budget is because I don't know what musicians charge to do this. I don't know how long any of this will take you. Please, please don't ask for my budget because I don't have a budget. Tell me how much you want to be paid for the work and I'll figure out whether your price works for me. I have no frame of reference for how long any of this takes, what the effort is, so I just couldn't come up with a budget. But I was so happy. I downloaded sheet music for her. I didn't expect her to use the sheet music necessarily. I intended it to be a guideline for style, or she could use it if she needed to. I also wasn't worried about the key because I figured, well, I'll just change the key in my software before I record the vocals. I didn't realize that kind of affects the quality of the sound, especially if you have to change it drastically. She said each song should only take her about an hour to learn and record, and she would be able to finish them by early October. Then nothing. Silence. I contacted her October 10th to ask if she had gotten the music, because she hadn't even responded that she'd received the music that I sent. Yes, she hoped to have everything finished by the following week. Whew, okay. I breathed a sigh of relief. It was still later than I had hoped, but probably okay. I knew I needed some lead time to record the vocals and then for Hannah and Liam to mix it. So she said she would definitely have everything ready by the first week of November. Kind of pushing it, but oh well. Meanwhile, I e-transferred her the payment. It wasn't a whole lot of money, but still, I did pay her what she asked me for. And I didn't want to harangue her. So I did leave gaps before getting back to her to find out the status. Or I would send her an email and hear nothing. I sometimes sent messages. I sometimes sent some Instagram DMs. I didn't always hear back. Finally, I got an email from her October 31st, apologizing that she hadn't been as responsive as she'd like, something about being busy with Halloween festivities and parties and a few other work commitments. Wait a minute. Wasn't this a work commitment? Maybe the problem was I had already paid her live and learn she had tried recording the previous weekend but had technical issues which her boyfriend was going to help her with the following weekend okay so now we're looking at the end of the first week of november tiktok in the meantime i had one a cappella song that i had started recording in my closet although my equipment is passable for audio recording recording music is a bit of a different beast One of the big problems is that this mic I have constantly makes cracking sounds. You might have noticed some of them in the podcast, but I try to edit them out. And the problem is there's no consistency or pattern as to when it's going to happen, what's causing it. I just haven't been able to figure out what causes it. And it happens regardless of what I'm using to record. Audacity, MS Teams, Zoom, doesn't matter. It has to be the mic or the computer or the connection, and this is such a pain. I have to stretch out the audio and carefully cut out the cracks. Sometimes they're less obvious, and sometimes I have to re-record because they're so messy that I can't even fix them. Now, that process, as you can imagine, is painful enough with speech audio. It, adds, it, it actually adds about an hour and a half to every podcast episode of my time just fixing But with music, now I have the problem that cutting out little slices of audio is messing up the timing. I had to retake so many takes, and it didn't take long for the frustration to just come through in my voice. I wasn't really singing anymore. I was just recording it and hoping to God I didn't get these cracks. I spent hours recording the various parts of Carol of the Bitch— I don't have a piano in my closet, and it was hard for me to learn all three harmony parts and stay on key, and I didn't quite stay on key. The closet got hot and stuffy. I'm not the best when it comes to breath control at the best of times, but when I was doing this, for some reason I seemed worse than usual. Never mind. I had to get this done if I had any hope of my album being finished before Christmas. Tick-tock. And then I got really quite ill a couple of days later. That explained my worse-than-usual breath control, but I sent the tracks to Hannah and Liam for mixing. Liam suggested I add a bass line, which he said he could just lower an octave, so I did. One down, but still no piano music. November 7th came and went. Nothing. So I emailed again, asking for an update. I texted her on November 11th, Maybe she wasn't looking at email. The next day, she responded. She had come down with the flu, but was recording that day. Oh, I breathed a sigh of relief. She uploaded three of the six songs. I got to work on recording my vocals. A couple of the tracks seemed a bit rushed. She played the melody full force, even though I had specifically said I do not want the melody played. This was supposed to be an accompaniment. Not a piano solo. There were a couple of minor mistakes in a couple of the songs that I was able to edit out, but oh well, they would have to do. Tick-tock, time was running out. Then she asked me a question. What style did I want for one of the songs? I sent her the notes that I had sent her, way back in October, again, and reminded her that I do not want the melody played. I didn't ask her to redo the songs she gave me, I just wanted to make sure she didn't include the melody on the next ones. Hannah and Leah mixed what I was able to record, but at this point, they were very busy with their own projects. I think Hannah was composing and recording for at least one film. There was, they just had a lot going on. So I knew this was turning out to be a real pain for them, but they very graciously, kindly did it anyway. Then, another week of silence. I messaged her finally on November 20th, the 22nd, the 29th. I was starting to worry. Then I got a message on December 1st. Another apology. She had been busy and didn't get the messages. Okay. But she knew. She didn't need the messages. She knew that the job was supposed to be done. She was going to upload better recordings the next day, she told me, of the ones she had already done. I said, well, no, thank you, I've already finished them, so it was too late to upload better recordings. I don't know what date she thought I could release a Christmas album, but it was December 1st at this point. I emailed her again with my notes about the songs still outstanding. December 6th, I messaged her again. Nothing. It was then that I realized that there was not going to be a 2022 Christmas album. It wasn't going to happen. So I just stopped. Oh, well, maybe 2023. I was disappointed, but what could I do? Teach me right for not learning to play the piano myself when I was a kid and had the opportunity.
2: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
0: So in mid-January, I sent her an email to wish her a Happy New Year. I mean, I wasn't going to be an asshole to her about all of these missed dates, And I asked her if she thought she would be able to do it for 2023. Now that we had more time, maybe it would happen. I told her that if she still wanted to record better versions of the first songs... She might as well do that, please, because we have more time since the 2022 deadline was long gone. I told her I needed all six songs by May. May. I wanted to make sure I gave myself enough contingency. She responded, explained that she was recovering from a concussion. I felt so bad. She apologized for not responding, but said she had felt so overwhelmed and anxious about having missed the deadline that she just basically couldn't bring herself to respond. She was still interested in playing, though, and thought May would work for her. She understood if I preferred to find someone else under the circumstances, and if I wanted to, she was willing to recommend others. But the problem is, I had already, stupidly, paid her for the six songs. It's true that it was not a huge amount, but she thought she only needed one hour per song. Maybe she regretted that and realized that each song was more than an hour's effort. I don't know. But I would far rather that she had just let me know that. This ghosting trend is just really awful. Just tell the person if you can't do something. At least then they'll know. At least then they have an opportunity to do something about it. Or, or just tell me that you... If she had told me that she had underestimated the time she needed and needed more money to finish the job, I, we could have had that conversation. At least then I would be in a position to make a decision as to whether or not to proceed. But to just say nothing? I can't imagine doing that, and I don't understand it. It just amazes me. That grown adults think it's okay to operate this way. It's just unprofessional. It's unkind. Don't do this and then complain that you can't make enough money. You have to show up. You have to do the work. And if something happens, we all understand, but you just need to communicate it. And if the person doesn't understand, then they're the asshole. At least you tried. Anyway... Yeah, I had already paid her, but she had an unfortunate accident, so I told her I would touch base with her mid-February to confirm, which I did. And I have not heard from her since, which probably turned out to be a blessing. I started my quest afresh to find a pianist, probably around the end of February, when I hadn't heard back. I went to Long & McQuaid, which is a local music store, and asked one of the staff— most of the staff there are musicians. Maybe all of them are. Would any of them be interested in a little side gig? The guy I spoke with said he didn't think anyone there would be interested. He certainly wasn't interested. He had his own stuff going on. And I'm thinking, ugh, okay. I'm happy that these artists are doing so well. I'm very happy for them. Don't get me wrong. But why was it so hard for me to find someone to do a simple freelanc- freelance job? He suggested that I contact the Humber College jazz program. You need a jazz pianist, he said. Yeah, I thought. Why didn't I think of that? Surely a jazz student would appreciate a little side gig? I contacted Humber. No response. I asked my musician friends again. Nobody wanted to do it. Nobody knew anyone who they thought would be willing to do it. Was it because they were uncomfortable with my nasty lyrics? I don't know. I asked LA-based comedian Andrew Johnston. He knows artists, one of whom is the fabulous Joan Smith of Joan Smith and the Jane Doe's. Joan recommended two pianists. I looked them up. I felt nervous. I had been rejected by so many people. Why would anyone want to work with me, a non-musician, on this stupid little project, Julie, the worst that can happen is they'll say no. No, the worst that can happen is that they say yes and then ghost you and leave you wondering for a couple of weeks. So I just finally picked one of the two recommendations and contacted Kelsey McNulty. I explained a bit about the project over email and we arranged a phone call to chat a bit further. My lyrics are explicit, I warned her. Some might say blasphemous. I wanted to make sure I was clear about that up front. I didn't want someone to quit in disgust partway through, or not to want to be associated with it. I also told her I wanted to have the music by the end of August, early September at the very latest, because I didn't want to be in the same boat as 2022. She was fine with the explicit lyrics. She was fine with the timeline. Great. Then the question, what's your budget? She asked me, Ugh, I don't have a budget because I have no idea how much effort this is for you or what you charge for your services. The previous pianist said it would only be an hour per song. You might need more time than that. I don't know. Some people might take longer than others. So I said, please, please just tell me how much you would like to be paid per song and we'll go from there. So we agreed that I would pay her to do one song, and that if that worked out, if she liked working with me, if I liked what she came up with, then she would do the rest at a per-song flat rate. Then she delivered the beautiful track for the title song, I'll Be Drunk for Christmas. If you haven't heard it yet, please listen to it. Kelsey's music is absolutely beautiful. I was thrilled. But I also decided, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to do it right. I'm going to need a sound engineer. I'm not going to record in my closet. I'm not going to deal with microphone cracks. I need someone who knew what they were doing to mix it. I could not ask Hannah and Liam to remix and rework new recordings for me after all this time It wouldn't have been fair, and I know they're already incredibly busy with so much. Lounges.tv shows, live shows now that lockdowns are over, film compositions, and all kinds of recordings. I couldn't possibly ask them to resume this project. And I needed a local recording studio. Kelsey recommended Patrick McGrorty at St. Clarence Records. And oh my god! I could not believe that such accomplished professionals as Kelsey and Pat were willing to work with old Mrs. Average on her silly little project. Even though Kelsey was on the road often, she's busy, she's in demand, she's good, and she has her own projects— She also came down with the flu at one point, but she found the time over the summer to create all the arrangements, record all the instruments. She even got a drummer and a guitar player to add to some of the songs, still for the same flat rate per song. I started scheduling sessions with Pat to record the vocals, and I decided since I'm going to re-record anyway, I should probably redo the a cappella song. Because his equipment is just so much better than mine. And I'd forgotten it. I kind of had to relearn it. Pat has this very special microphone from the 1960s. I think he said it was the 60s. That just sort of adds this, this silky, smoky tone to your voice. I was really nervous at first because I'm not a professional musician. But my first session went really, really well. By the end of it, I was able to relax. I wish I were a singer, though, because I loved being in that studio recording. The time just flew. And one of the things I noticed was that I tend to sing a little flat. I can hear it, but I can't necessarily fix it in real time. Pat was incredibly patient as we did multiple takes. I started to worry that he'd be getting annoyed, but I had to relax and remind myself that this isn't a live performance. I couldn't believe that this was actually going to really happen this time. A few of my friends are interested in getting a vinyl recording, so I looked into some companies to have a few records made. Vinyl is making a big comeback. But most places have a minimum order of a hundred albums, I definitely don't need a hundred. But I found a place that will do as few or as many as you want. Obviously, the per-unit cost is greater if you only need a few. But I had hoped to at least do some for people who are interested. But it's too late for this year. I needed 12 weeks lead time. I would have needed to have everything recorded, mixed, and mastered by the beginning of October. And we missed that target but the album is available on streaming platforms and I'll get some CDs made for people who don't stream. Yes, there are still people who listen to CDs. These are largely the same people who listen to the radio but do not generally listen to podcasts. The Venn diagram of those two groups of people would have a pretty significant intersection. One of the things I learned again is that sometimes when you're disappointed that something didn't work out the way you planned it, it turns out to work out even better. I wanted the music to be beautiful, and Kelsey did that. Pat made sure my unprofessional voice sounded as good as it could sound. I really needed to do this in a recording studio. So my heartfelt thanks... Kelsey for recommending Pat. Thank you, Joan, for recommending Kelsey. And thank you, Andrew, for asking Joan for the recommendations. Thank you, Jesse Golem, for the album cover photo. And thank you to my middle daughter, Joanne Ryan, for the album cover artwork. I was a pain about that because you have to have a certain resolution. And Joanne is so busy with a full time job, theater, raising my grandson, curating emails for Catherine's podcast telling everybody everything. But I hope you listen to the album. Unless you think you might be offended, in which case, do not listen to the album. You might be wondering what's next for old Jules. I have a piano and a bass guitar I need to learn to play. And I think I need more vocal lessons. And dance lessons. Yeah, I'd really like to be good at that. And I need to figure out a fix for my mic. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in buying a CD or want to pre-order a vinyl recording for next year, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com, and I'll connect with you to make it happen. Have a fabulous week.